one minute story. Action! Hi, it's me, Yaya. I talk about the movie uh, coming soon. Uh, hi, it's not Yaya because I'm not cool enough to get him on my show. Apparently, he's exclusive to Jimmy Kimmel, which is a show that Dennis is going to be on very soon. But um, no, that's a joke. Um, yeah, Yaya couldn't be here today. So I'm here talking about the movie. Um, so <laughs> West of Wonderland, The Search for the Bastard Explorer, and I have a guest for you guys for the first time ever. It's not my mom, and it's not Dennis. Please don't leave a comment that you want Dennis to come back. Thank you very much. It's Alex Rapport, the director of the film, and um, I'm going to bring him into the interview in like two seconds. But before I go forward, I just want to give you guys a solid warning.
well, I, well, what do you mean by film training? I have no, I didn't go to film school, uh, uh, but I've been, wow. I've been involved on lots of films. And so right. I, I have experience from, from that. Um, and, uh, and, but yeah, people, I, you know, directors for filmmakers come at it from all sorts of angles, right? A lot of them were cinematographers, uh, were camera people, and then they become directors. Some, some of them come, uh, from a very visual, standpoint from you know i come from a lot of directors start out as writers right writer directors people who come from that world so i'm sort of more uh of that ilk you know i'm uh i'm a storyteller and uh but i've learned a lot i made a web series in in 2017 um that was my first attempt at self-creating so um i had a roommate at the time and we made a web series in our apartment so um this was my first film but i made some i made some episodes of a web series a few years ago so i have a little bit of experience on the other side as well well i have gone to film school and i will just say that sometimes when they were teaching i was like one asking myself does this person have any idea what they're teaching (laughs) so I kind of think there's a bit of a benefit to not going to film school especially when you consider that one of the greatest um director writers of his time says I didn't go to film school I went to films and that was Quentin Tarantino so it's a pretty big deal yeah yeah yeah, I mean I and I agree with that I mean there's no substitution for practical experience right it's like a bartender who who goes to bartending school and they don't use real alcohol and they use use they just learn how to make you know colored cocktails based on <laughs> yeah it's not the same as actually working in a restaurant right so it's i i think you have to learn by right? doing you have to yeah any way you can right watching you learn by watching films you learn by uh by consuming as much as you can and then you have to learn about the process of making films and sort of um, lift the veil on on the secret and the magic of filmmaking and get get dirty with the the practicalities of it. You know. So why did you make this particular film? Like I I know sort of a bit of what what the inspiration was behind it. So I'm just going to ask like what in your own life led you to this particular subject? Because we all know that all films are tremendously personal, even when they don't appear to be yeah personal. yeah so what was well, it for i used you? a lot yeah i mean I, well it was a lot of this film is very personal i mean it's not biographical but it's very personal like um we shot it all around the the cul-de-sac in the little neighborhood that my parents have a house in that 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 uh dolphin house uh, that's highly featured this beautiful rustic cabin with carved dolphins on it at the edge of the ocean that is a rental house just down the hill from where my parents live so i i've been going there to that little area my whole life and uh and yeah so um uh i use that that photograph at the very beginning um on the tombstone uh is i'm the baby in that photo i was two weeks old in that photograph and that's my brother in the picture with me and my parents in it um in like 1979 so uh 
so I use a lot of personal things that the kit, the kitchen scene with me and Jimmy at the beginning is in my parents' house. Um, uh, you featuring that wall with the, with the exposed, that exposed ridge of to separate me and Jimmy in the scene. I, so that I just wanted to use that because of that wall. Um, and that ridge that I just was a, a clear, example of them being on either side of that wall like their estranged relationship it showed it really well in that in that frame uh and the the cemetery casper cemetery is uh only a a couple miles from my parents house as well and it's a place i love to visit because it's just so beautiful um so there's a lot of personal elements there it started with the location and then um and then I, 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 Roxy and I were hanging out after a rehearsal and I was just, we were just spitballing. I was talking about just some elements of storytelling about character and a, a little bit about relationships and stuff. And then Roxy churned out um, the script and then we developed that script over, over a couple months. And uh, it gave me permission to make it really personal, but not autobiographical. So you could use your imagination and you could pull. And Mendocino, um, you, Mendocino is sort of a character in the film. And if you know anything about the culture of Mendocino, it's, it's sort of um, populated by um, like old hippies from the 1960s <laughs> beat movement in San Francisco, like, oh, Grateful Dead you know, Jerry Garcia worshipers who (laughs) end up, you know, like owning farms in the country, in the ocean, like, you know, a couple hours away. So uh, we use Alice in Wonderland as a sort of template to complement the sort of beatnik culture of Mendo. We sort of um, intertwine those. Um, And it just works really well. You know, it's one thing that's fun about this is like, it's very unique. I know it's not the story itself may not be for everybody. No, no art film is. Um, But uh, no one has made what we made because we we were very um, particular about what we were creating. And, you know, it's not perfect because we had no budget we, we had to do everything all the props and all the cost everything we had to self-create so there was a lot of um it was a lot of awesome uh sort of community building that happened people coming together make sewing sock puppets and and all sorts of things you know uh so yeah um so it's i might have gone off bad track, thing. But, yeah. that's not a bad thing when i was i ended up scrapping it but when i was making a film at one point I had my mom making all the props because I didn't have any like experience in, in that kind of stuff. And she's good at sewing and things. So she was making yeah. like little costumes and then I it was supposed to look like it was 2006. So I was like bedazzling this computer that I got <laughs> at, at the thrift store. And that's really what, what had made it feel like when I when we went into act, it felt like more realistic because it was like, oh, it feels like it's that time. But that yeah. movie ended up and not, we didn't make it. It will get made, but just in a different way. Um, yeah. I love that you based it on Alice in Wonderland because I think that's a, I love the, the Alice in Wonderland films. So I'm going to have to ask you, is it the Lewis Carroll um, Alice in Wonderland? Or <laughs> that, yeah, <Kate> definitely. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The, it's ba- it, it uses themes and elements from the books. 
it's not anything related to um any <laughs> movie burn. and and it's not like and it's it's just pulling symbols it's using right. symbolism like the the sister who appears uh through the the um the driving sequence and the walking sequence as they're like traveling to the house um that she, she kind of pops up um kind of like a ghost in different areas of that sequence and that's supposed that's sort of um reminiscent of like the cheshire cat right popping up right. Long, uh, reappearing and reappearing um i think that's so neat. yeah i think that's neat but i think the neatest thing is the title because that was the first thing that, <laughs> that i was attracted to well that's I how we met you yeah <laughs> how far yeah is you know west of wonderland how far is that from east of eden so i have to ask are you a fan of of the east of eden film or any Aaliyah kazan films was there any of that involved yeah in, like, that was inspiration? huge well, of course well that was a one of the biggest that was the biggest inspiration for the title right because east of eden um which was a john's which was take was a john steinbeck book right yeah. so we're also using like we chose alice in wonderland but uh East of Eden uh, is actually a retelling of Cain and Abel, right? So it's a story that uses another story. And then East of Eden was one of the first movies that was ever shot in Mendocino. It was like 1955 or 1957 or something like that. And it was supposed to look like Monterey, but they used the actual town of Mendocino, that location to actually shoot. And uh, it's really a fascinating, it's James Dean and it's just a fascinating uh, and Aliyah Kazan, like you said, and the way some of the camera angles, these weird angles that he uses to sort of follow these brothers around. And yeah, I was um, definitely playing with that. I'm not really thinking that anybody would draw that uh, comparison. So you get mad props for that. Well, it's easy for me to to draw such a comparison because I've seen just about every old film that exists. And um I've seen most of the Aaliyah Kazan films and every Brando film ever. (laughs) And at the time, in the time, in the time that, you know, they were making these films, they sort of wanted James Dean to become like a second Brando, if you will. And it didn't really work. And unfortunately it also led to his death, but but, you know, yeah, that's the, that's the Hollywood way, right? It's like, instead of letting the uniqueness of something just be unique, they wanted it to be, like something, something that already else. existed yeah so what's your favorite thing about the movie and your least favorite thing oh wow wow that's an interesting question uh what's my favorite thing about it well honestly um it would probably be uh the landscape uh depiction of mendo you know mm-hmm. um alice and i would have to i mean we all the outside shots you really have to time it right there's there's like golden hours there's there's time early in the morning uh like between like we're in the summertime so it's like where this where the sun is in the sky and like from like six to like nine o'clock in the morning you can get some really beautiful shots and then again in the evening from like four to seven or really five to like seven thirty eight o'clock um so we would try to get as many we would drive through the redwoods or drive to the ocean or you know try to get some really awesome uh external shots early and late and then in the middle we would try to you know find some interior stuff to do um and so my favorite was 
is being able to shoot in Mendo. It's just, um, it was like a dream come true. It really was. It was something I've always wanted to do and I actually was able to do it. And so uh, I, I would love to make a feature there too. I just need to come up with the next story. <laughs> but uh, um, my least favorite thing about it uh, um, was not- The work, no. <laughs> <laughs> me, me, my performance. No, um, uh my least favorite thing about it was uh, not have not well I mean I didn't have a budget so I knew going into it I I knew sound was going to be an issue and um it it was an issue it was an issue I, I I think that like next time making sure I uh I invest in the resources I need to make sure the sound quality is up to standard I mean, that's I mean, we, we, we were, yeah, it's very common. And we worked at, we did wonders in post. I mean, Torin is our sound designer. He was on set. He's from Endo too. And he's like 19 years old and he's like a magician, but it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work to get it where we got it. Well, I think it's, I've seen it. So the people who are listening may not have seen it yet, but I've seen it. And yeah. I, thought, I thought it was pretty well done considering that I know the well, budget. Yeah. And but, yeah, I thought though, I would be able to, you know, be able to in post be able to use a sound studio maybe do some ADR or something but because of COVID that really wasn't an option so we just had to to make it work you know but thank you and also I just wanted to say I think all actors would say that the least favorite thing about a film is their own performance because most of us can't (laughs) even watch ourselves yeah like Johnny Depp famously cannot watch his own films. And I, if I could act that well, I would be, I probably never stop watching. Myself. <laughs> I would become obsessed with myself. Like when you're that good. No, um, I will say this, ugh, directing yourself and acting means like you have to watch, you have to, in the editing process, you have to like, look, at, it's not just watching yourself. I'm kind of used to that at this point. I could care less, you know, um, but it's it's having to do it like look at yourself day in and day out in the editing process it's well, uh, a lot of actors who direct themselves they like johnny depp said that it was he wouldn't do it again uh after uh one eyed jacks marlon brando said you'd have to be a lunatic to direct yourself <laughs> and people thought he was a lunatic so i mean <laughs> um i was wondering if did you think you learn anything about like what in the process of making this about yourself Oh actor. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I learned a lot about myself, uh, as an actor and as an artist in other ways. Um, uh, you know, directors are, are awesome for actors because, you know, you have someone on your side who loves you because they put you in their movie and, and they give you these beautiful little tidbits, you know, little, little suggestions, little, little things, little tactics, little, little things that help just inspire you in a way that you wouldn't normally do on your own. So I didn't have that. I had to like, you know, just rely on my instincts and my own choices. Um, I'm, I, but you always learn, uh, you always learn, um, you learn from listening, you learn from the other actors who you're acting with. And, um, 
And it's, and when you're playing, wearing both hats, you don't have time to think so much about the acting, you know, like your foremost thought is always as a director, like how do, you know, you're on a time schedule, you have so many uh, setups you need to do, you need to, you need to get these takes done so you can move on. So you're not, you don't really, I mean, yes, you get, you get sidetracked and thank God for digital to, cause like you can, you can play it back and watch yourself right afterwards if you're really obsessed and you have the time you can say i want to watch that take real quick and play it back before we do another one and if you're like no that was fine we can move on you know it really helps the process um when everything's on film you can't you couldn't do that back in the day you know um you can't do that if you're quentin tarantino because he still shoots on film it's insane i yeah but he's also he should I mean, not he cast knows, himself in his movies ever. He's only doing that because of his ego. But uh, no, like I should actually, talk, but... <laughs> he started out as an actor. He wanted yeah, to be I saw an him actor. On Golden, I saw him on Golden Girls. He's on Golden Girls. <laughs> He's on. I... He plays that. He plays an Elvis impersonator. No, on that's an that's Golden on Girls. Roseanne, isn't it? I think oh, it's on Roseanne. Maybe, I He's on Golden too. Girls too. Yeah, yeah well, he's, maybe he's a, but that's the thing he but wanted he was, to be an yeah. actor and yeah. they told him he was too ugly and in his own words he was like okay well fuck you and he was like i'm just gonna go to hollywood and i'm gonna figure out what these assholes he was, do he's, he, and he's he did. a terrible actor though he's a terrible actor he's he shouldn't i, I mean i love you quentin you're one of the greatest directors who's ever lived but <laughs> everybody so knows he i know i know you're listening to this podcast right now um but no if you want like watch pulp fiction just watch Pulp Fiction and that'll I've seen save. Pulp Fiction. Seen them all. No. Um, you talk Moving about on. Roxy a lot. <laughs> Would yeah. you say she's like your MVP in this movie? Because you mentioned her a lot. I mean, she, I mean, the cool thing about this project is it just wouldn't exist without either one of us. You know, like oh, okay. without Roxy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be this project. I mean, she's the sister. She plays the sister. Right. She, she wrote the script with me. So we developed it. Um, and she, she wrote the role. She plays, she does, she performs the music. She's in a oh, band wow. and her guitarist um, helped uh, create the soundtrack and Roxy performs the song in it. So when you see, the as soon as the boys leave the kitchen scene and ends up driving and they're driving through the redwoods and the song starts that's roxy singing so um yeah and that so we used original music and it's great music it sounds you know uh it sounds kind of like mainstream not mainstream but it sounds like a like music you would have in a movie you know and they recorded it in her house and stuff so we that's what i mean by resources you know, like right. it, it's it's expensive to get rights to songs, and most original stuff you would download off of the internet is like not that great. Um, but I downloaded <laughs> what, the one piece off of the internet, and everything else was Roxy and her band. So um, that's what I mean by just calling in favors. You know, using your resources. So she sounds like a real like triple threat. Like she yeah, could do a lot. Oh, and she's like. Uh, she's an amazing actor. She's an ama- incredible actor. Uh, um, and I hope she has like a huge career that you get to see her and things. And her music, she takes really is, she's taken her music really seriously right now. So I know that's a focus for her. Um, and I know she's been like 
just she she's she's so she's sewing masks and she's making clothes and so she was very oh my like, god pro- she's prominent in our in all the costumes and all the props that we had she was up very late making that stuff so i mean it's just she was hand in hand um you know with me on this whole thing so you almost couldn't have made it without her oh i definitely couldn't make it without her yeah definitely oh I'm sure she'd be really flattered to hear that. And I'm sure you've, you know, reiterated it. No, she would just be like, damn straight. That's (laughs) I'm just kidding. She's got an attitude. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. She's like, no, but all artists should own their work. You know, I think, yeah, that's true. But I think that it's sometimes it's hard to take ownership of your work because um, some of the best performances that you do that, that you think you did are actually not good. And the ones that you think are terrible. Are, well, that's the thing, right? Some of the I best. Mean, that's it's a subjective experience, right? Like it's not it's not the actor's job. Ultimately, what one of my mentors has said a lot is acting is personal, but it's it's mm-hmm. not private, you know. Right. So you're once you put it out there, you're 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 like allowing people to judge you. So it's scary to do that. Um, and because you know nothing is going to please everybody so there are no matter what going to be people who don't like you no matter what you're just that's going to be part of the territory of putting yourself out there um but it's not about that it's about the, the anybody who i who who identifies with it who likes it you know you reach one of those people and you fuck the naysayers you know so you just have to get to that place where you're secure enough and happy enough creating that you can take a little criticism because it's not, you know, it's, it shouldn't, it, you can't, it's not, it is personal, but that's, but it's not, it's, it shouldn't be personal in that way. You know? It's just so funny to hear you say that because a lot of the like greatest of all time actors have taken everything so personally, like, um, it's really hard again, not to. I have to bring it again. Marlon Brando, when he won the uh, Oscar for On the Waterfront, he famously said, I didn't think it was that good. And and he didn't think his performance was good. He didn't understand why he was winning an Oscar for this film. And it's it's one of the greatest films that's ever been made. Yeah, it's amazing. But here's the thing. He hated it. Yeah. But but here's the thing. It's uh, you don't do it for yourself, you know, Um, and it's it's really mean it's like mean to take it away from somebody who likes it right it's really mean right. if someone goes hey i really loved you in this thing to be like oh no to to negate it and to deny it to make someone feel like um like they don't know like their opinion doesn't matter like they're stupid for liking you in the first place it's not humble to uh to be um self disparaging you know it Right. It, it, you should all you all you have to do is say thank you if someone his defense, compliments you in his defense though um wh- why he thought it wasn't that good is that because the scene where he you know talks about i could have been a contender he felt that the reason people felt they loved that scene so much is because they all felt like they could be that person like we all could yeah. be more than what we are so he yeah. didn't feel like it was so much how he delivered it as much as it was what what that scene meant to people, what he, like what he was delivering, but not the way he delivered it. And that's why he was like, well, I didn't think it was that good. So I don't think he means that he didn't think that. No. And I didn't mean that himself. 
yeah. And I didn't, which is what he, I mean, he was a beautiful artist. Right. And like, um, I, I wasn't speaking, I was speaking uh, more like theoretically. No, no, I get that. Um, I'm just saying in his defense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is like, it's, it's hard. Um, we, I think it's hard not to see what you did like as an actor, just personally, what we were talking about performances earlier it's just like it's hard when you watch yourself to because you always see yeah you might appreciate certain aspects but you see things you're critical because you see things you could have done you know you're like no i could have and you didn't well it is what no one else cares everyone else likes what what they see um but that's that's part of being an artist is it's it's not about self-congratulatory you know self-congratulations it's about it's about the work it's just about the work you know and as a as an artist you have to create and then let go you you know you 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 have to let it go at some point so yeah um difficult to do if you're a method actor yeah and nothing's perfect right like the like nothing is perfect but um but hopefully people will get something out of it and that's great I think personally that when you watch a film no matter what film it is there's always something like an element of self like I've watched a lot of movies that had nothing to do with anything that I would ever you know do or have done or considered doing but when you when you're when you're done watching it you do you do find an an element of self within the film and I think that when you but when you go into watching a film you should be a different person when you come out of it something about the film should have changed you no matter if it's yes. uh, like wonder woman or like you know on the waterfront whatever all yeah, of those, I agree. everything has an element of something i, I know agree, uh, simon from the yeah. extra features podcast is going to have other questions for you so i don't want to keep asking you questions because then he might not have anything to go on oh, no. i'm a lot i'm a lot smarter than him just not gonna <laughs> tell. <laughs> he's gonna hear this and be like that i don't mind repeating guy. myself that's it's totally fine <laughs> but um in closing before i let you go i have to ask how far is west of wonderland from east of eden if i was traveling like how far is it it's literally on top of itself. It's like five miles. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, so it's the you would same be place. On it. It's the same it's place. It's the same place. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome to know. <laughs> <laughs> Your well, phone would say, you have arrived. <laughs> oh awesome you know, that would be so cool if you could put that in your phone like where is he still meeting and then the phone would be like what the fuck uh, I've really enjoyed yeah. having you on the show I think you're hilarious I think the film is uh, w- well done considering you made it for five hundred dollars which I still <laughs> less, don't get less that's that's just well, the bar. Less. probably okay. made it for like <laughs> so you know, some people may have other questions so if anybody sends me questions I will uh, send them to your social media um yes. so do you want to mention your socials yeah Here, I'm so on know? yeah insta I'm uh at building underscore rapport r-a-p-p-o-r-t because that's my last name so building right. underscore at building rapport um and uh the film insta is west dot of dot wonderland underscore film okay um, and do you have then, a twitter yeah that's the twitter is um hold on let me i can check it it's at it's either film wow or or wow film <laughs> let me let me see because <laughs> west of wonderland if you put them all together it's wow so that's been my wow film um, oh yeah one more thing uh, 
what, yeah. what were the, um, I know you were an official selection on quite a few um, short film we, festivals. Which ones yes. were they? Well, I just found out like literally middle of the morning this morning that um, oh, wow. we won uh, best experimental time travel um, fantasy short for the Royal Wolf Film Festival. Um, wow. my, my Twitter is at film underscore. Wow. So at film, okay, you figured it out. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and that, but we, yeah, we've, we've been officially selected for like 15 festivals. We were finalists in, I think six, we've, uh, one, two, we got best cast at the alternative film festival. Um, Alice, our cinematographer was a finalist at the alternative film festival. Um, we, were a finalist at the um at in athens at the athens uh something like independent film festival uh t- toronto at sif oh toronto yeah it TIFF? um uh cift sif okay. i think and I then uh the alternative film festivals toronto too i think um and then there's one called fourth dimension there's beyond the curve which is paris uh, and so, yeah, uh, we got multiple honorable mentions, like four finalists, two honorable mentions, two wins and six additional selections. So it was like 15 altogether. So it's been really, really cool. And, and the I'm, premiere is, yeah. this is uh, April 24th, right? On yeah. It's, like through It's a Short? Sat- yeah. Saturday, you can go to itsashort.com slash West of Wonderland. Um, it's free. Tickets are free. It's going to be from um, six at six o'clock we're going to screen the the short which is 15 minutes and then the mm-hmm. second like 45 minutes will be the q a with the actors and us that will be a lot of fun i probably have a lot of questions for the actors <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i'm an actor um yes. again I, I i have a problem with talking too much again um thank Me you so too. much for no <laughs> no you're fine <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited Thank for you. people to hear about it. And I hope that they're going to watch it and find it even after the premiere. And I wish you the best on um, your next film, assuming there's Thank going you. to be an, a next film, right? Not, not knocking on wood now that you say that. Yes. <laughs> no, there will be. You have to believe there that will there will be. be. I do. I do. Well, that's, that's whole, the whole point of this is to do more, right? Well, good. So that's yeah. a good place to start. And I look forward to seeing it. Thank you for joining me, Alex. Thank you so much, Melanie. It's been so much fun. Have a good one. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.